It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking all about, are you an order taker? Are you an order taker? So if you can see me, some of you that are watching Binge Network, you can see me. When I think of order taker, I think of like the crossbones, like no, <laughs> order taker being uh, a bad thing. I'm putting a label on it like it's a bad thing. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. So there are people like think about, uh, I just, just used this reference a couple of weeks ago in a show and I'll pull it up again. So think about McDonald's. So if you pull up and you want fast food and you think, oh, you know what? I see the menu offerings here. I would like a quarter pounder with cheese, some French fries and a Diet Coke. And you say, this is what I'd like. And you go up to the window and they say, hey, this is what I want. And they say, based on what we told you the price was on the menu, that is going to be $7.35. And you can swipe your credit card. You go to the next window and you get your food. And so that works really well. And there's nothing wrong with order taking. But in the world, of professional services, or if we want to really serve our clients to the utmost value, and and that could be in any sort of industry, order taking is generally not how we want to do it. You know, if you're a manufacturer that produces one item or two items or three items, but you have a menu, then it's okay. And that this show is probably not for you. But if you're somebody that solves complex problems, perhaps you're a consultant, Perhaps you're a coach. Perhaps you have some kind of specialty which really works with more of your mind and your critical thinking, and that's how you get paid. This show is for you because you don't want to be an order taker. You want to be a strategic partner. And the difference between order taking and strategic partnering is one, trust, two, demonstrating credibility, and three, it's incredibly profitable to be a strategic partner. Now, can it be profitable to be an order taker? Sure, but it's we're not taking talk of the same thing because order taking really is about commodity-based. So let me just give you an example. Again, I used to run an advertising agency. I'm writing a book right now that is going to be for my advertising agency friends. And so that's the thing that's on my mind. And let's just look at that model. So in the advertising agency world, we can offer design services, So if you're an order taker, a client calls you up and he says, hey, I would really like a direct mail postcard because I'm hosting this event and I want people to know that this event is happening. So I'd like it. It's this date. Here's the time. I'll email it all to you. And could you get that done within a a week? Or perhaps it sounds like, hey, client calls you up. I'm hosting uh, a giant sale in three weeks and I would like to run an integrated marketing campaign, and I'd like it to have a uh, digital component with uh, probably some geofencing, if you could do that. If you know anything about advertising, geofencing would mean that if somebody was at a specific location, then you could target, you, you would pick up the signal on their phone, and then for the next up to 30 days, you can target them so that when they're on Facebook or somewhere else, then you they see your ads, so you're serving them those ads multiple times. It's a really tricky way to do things, but it works really well. So there's all these different ways that you can do it. But if your client is calling you up and telling you what they want, and you're saying, 
here's the key with order taking. You're saying, okay, and here's how much that'll be, and are we good? You have essentially become the McDonald's of your business. You have become like the fast food. So you have a menu, somebody bought off the menu, and now you're going to serve the menu. And there's nothing wrong with that model. But where we want to be is in the strategic partner space. Because in that model, that works until somebody undercuts you on price. And they say, well, I have a menu, and uh, I can do that exact same thing that's on that menu next door at that restaurant. I'll do it for 20% less. And then all of a sudden, you just lost out because of price. Because when you become a commodity like that, with just a menu base, then you get cut out. What happens if a McDonald's serves a burger for a dollar, but then the McDonald's down the street serves it for 80 cents? Well, you don't, it's a McDonald's. You don't, they're the same product. I would go where the 80 cents was. Gas is a commodity. Have you ever known anyone who said, don't get gas there? Gas is a dime cheaper down the road or a penny cheaper down the road or a nickel cheaper down the road. And so you drive down the road to get your gas for a nickel cheaper. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's somebody you know. But gas is a commodity because you could say, well, that's a different company and maybe their fuel tanks are cleaner or you don't know. I mean, really, let's be honest, the average consumer and even the more educated consumer doesn't understand why gas prices are different at one company over another. We think, well, most likely it's because that one company negotiated gas prices better than the other. We could go into conversation about futures and hedging and derivatives, and that's all about how companies negotiate commodities like gas. It's really complicated, and I only know a tiny bit, so we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that stuff. But what the whole point is is that we don't know that stuff. And so all we have to look at is pricing. And so we're going to go where gas is cheaper unless you happen to be loyal to a company. So if you're not loyal to a company, you got gas. Well, that's exactly what's happening with our businesses. It's the exact same thing. So if we don't have clients that are truly loyal to us, then they're just going to go somewhere else. And how long does loyalty last when somebody, when you're offering a commodity and somebody can find it cheaper somewhere else? Well, loyalty lasts about two to three, maybe even four times. But then dips. Then somebody's willing to look next door and say, but you have cheaper rates. And so being a strategic partner is operating differently than an order taker. And so today we're talking about how to be that strategic partner, not an order taker. If you are an order taker, if your answer to the question that we're posing today is, are you an order taker? If that's yes, okay, then I invite you to the next question is, are you okay with this? And if the answer is yes, awesome. I wish you good luck and you can you can stop listening now. But if the answer is no, I don't want to be an order taker. I want to be a strategic partner with my clients. I want to call forward clients that want to be strategic partners with us. We did a show two weeks ago that was calling Attracting Your Dream Client. If it's really about being a strategic partner, then that's who you're calling forward. Then this show is for you. Okay, so we'll keep going. Knowing that now if you're listening, you want to be a strategic partner. And what does that mean? Being a strategic partner is that somebody may call you up and they may say, I have an event next week and I would really like a direct mail campaign and I'll send you the date and the information. And then your next question is, so I hear you. I hear you that you have this event next week and I hear that you want a direct mail campaign. 
And so your first step in this process, when you're being a strategic partner, I really use a four-step process. And the first step is listening. And it's, so it's saying, I hear you. You're taking in this information that your client is giving you. But then your second step is repeating it to the client. So what I hear you saying is you are having this event. What I hear you saying is that this event is happening on this time and this date. What I hear you saying is that you want a direct mail campaign. And so we are confirming that what we heard is what they said. Because oftentimes in order takers, we just write down exactly what they said, but we don't ever really repeat it. As a strategic partner, we are listening and we are repeating back so that we ensure what they said is what we heard. Because that's the level that we play with our clients. We understand that there could be a gap there. The way somebody speaks may not always be how we hear. There are lots of factors that change how we hear things versus how someone speaks something. That is a level of communication that we may not have mastered with our client. So we are using this step to understand how somebody listens and then repeat it back to them. This gives our clients the opportunity to say, oh, nope, that's not actually what I said. Might be exactly word to word what they say, but it, it, what they're really meaning is that's not what I meant. Now, if you guys have children, if you're listening and you have a child, this is something that happens a lot. I will have a direct conversation with one of my children. I will record in my mind what they said word for word. And then when they say, that is not what I said, I'll say, no, th these are the exact words that you said. They say, no, that's not what I said. And what they're really saying is, mom, that may have been what I said, but it's not what I meant. Now, kids have no filters. And so that's as they actually say this. They get very angry. Mom, that's not what I meant. But clients, you know, as we get to adults, we often just get frustrated by that. And then what happens if you're an order taker and you listened and you heard what you heard, but you didn't go through these additional steps? and you give your client what they want, they can get very frustrated. Now I had this very same example, I'll give you a story here. I had this example, I was working with this client and this client was, it was a community organization. They wanted to better the community. And so they hired me, this was in my work years ago, they hired me to create an integrated marketing campaign for this community. And they said, well, we really wanna understand our target audience and what our messaging should be. And I said, cool, this is great. And we did this entire, so my team, we put together this entire survey and process. It was really cool. We came back with all this information. And I will never forget the meeting that we sat in when we presented the information. Our client looked at us, in particular me, with a look like her face, her upper lip and her lower lip weren't actually connected. I'd never seen such a thing. It was like, like her jaw had become unhooked and her jaw, her bottom jaw had dropped like a foot. It, you maybe see this in a comic or something where their lip is, or their jaws really far down. And it was just like hanging out. Blank stare. I knew something was up. I said, what's going on? What, what thoughts are coming up for you? And she says, I don't know what to say. Now, I've gotten a lot of feedback in my life, but this is the first time I'd gotten the, I don't know what to say. And this was not, not, I'm completely blown away. This is the best stuff I've ever seen. This was a, I don't know where the train came off the rails. I, I didn't know what to do. And then I started saying, okay, so, whoa, wait a minute. I'm hearing that there was a disconnect here. 
this is the conversation I have with her. I'm hearing that there's a disconnect. And she says, yeah, obviously. And I still have no idea what happened. I'm going back in my mind to the meeting that we had originally to set the project. I couldn't figure it out. What happened? What changed? And then I realized, oh, something that she said she wanted must not have actually been what she wanted. Now, fast forward a few weeks, multiple conversations later, I figured out that between our initial meeting and some of our follow-up meetings, she had had a meeting with some of her community members. And someone had said that they had done some rough research on community targeting and messaging and had presented it to her. And she liked it. And so in her mind, she had that complete. And in her mind, she had asked us for what the next step was, which is to create the marketing plan. But she hadn't actually said that. So by the time we came to present the information to her, in her mind, it was old stuff. She already knew this stuff. And then we hadn't delivered what she thought we had delivered. When I realized this, I realized <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't do anything wrong. We just weren't in alignment with where she was now. And so what she had said and what she meant were totally different things. So what I realized was that in some of our follow-up meetings, I got to continuously enroll her in what our project was. Even though I'd already had a signed agreement, I got to remind her that this was our agreement, this is what we were working towards, and is that still supportive for her? Because somewhere along that line, when we said, is this still supportive to you? It she would have said, oh no, guess what? I had this meeting and here's the information. And, and that information actually could have been beneficial for us, but we didn't have it. We didn't have it because I hadn't asked the question. And so that's why it's really important that when your client is speaking, when they've called you up and they said, this is what I want, we listen and then we repeat back what we hear because what we're doing is re we're enrolling them in what their words were. We're giving them an opportunity to hear what they're saying. So now we're not an order taker. We're, we're saying, I want to reinsure, I want to I ensure that what I'm hearing is what you're saying and what you really want then this next step is really important and that's where we recommend. So we've got listen, we've got repeat to the client and then the next step is recommend. And so this is where we're actually gonna recommend to our clients. We're gonna get into more details on this, but first we're gonna go on a quick break. You're listening to Kathleen Reeson show here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. 
email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about, are you an order taker? And if you're listening, you've said no, or you've said yes, but I don't want to be anymore. And our goal is to be a strategic partner. And so we're walking through the steps that we get to be to be a strategic partner, which means that we truly are in partnership with our clients. We are recommending to them what we believe is based on our background and our history and our knowledge, what we believe is best for them. Now, when we're working with clients, we get to give them, sell them what they want. Okay, sell them what they want, but give them what they need. And the process that we're walking through right now is how we sell them what they want and give them what they need. Because in this process, when we listen to what they say they want and we repeat back to them what they say they want, we are selling them what they want. We are enforcing, I hear what you want. We're enrolling them in what they want. But then we move into this step where it's recommend. Okay, step three. So first, listen. Second, repeat to your client what you're hearing. But then third, third is recommend. And this is where we give them what they need. And we say, so I hear what you're saying, because that's what we did in the first step and the second step. I hear what you're saying. And are you open to a recommendation? And most of the time, if you're in a place of a strategic partnership with a client, they'll say, yes, of course. And you can say, based on my experience, I recommend that we do this, whatever this is. And so when we do this, we're opening up a space to say, I hear you. And I hear that the direct mail is what you've got first and foremost on your mind. And here's some other thoughts that I have based on what you said. Or it could be if they've got a very complex problem, they're, they're not even sure how to solve it. And so what you're what you're offering them is a pathway to the solution. Not the solution, but it's a pathway to the solution. So perhaps it's a process that gets them to the solution. Or perhaps it's a proposal. You're gonna offer them a proposal and not, not exactly what they said, but you're saying, that might sound something like, I hear what you're saying. And are you open to a recommendation? They say yes, and you say, I believe that there are a few more pieces of data that we get to get in order to provide the recommendation for this. Because I hear what you want, and I believe there's a couple other things that would be supportive. Are you open to me putting together a proposal for what that would look like? So you're still very specific about what you're offering them. So they asked you for something, you're gonna give them something, but what you're gonna give them is you sold them what you want, what they want, but you give them what they need. And what they need may be a very specific, tangible thing. It may be a proposal. It may be a process. It may be a solution. But either way, they asked you for something very specific. And if you don't believe that that's what they require, (coughs) excuse me, then you get to go through this process and recommend what you believe is in their best interest. So recommend what you believe is in their best interest. And this is this process of shifting from someone saying, this is what I want, being the McDonald's order taker, to being that strategic partner and meeting them where they're at. 
So in that moment, when you are in between step two and step three, you're repeating back to the client what they want, and then you're moving to the recommendation. That's when you're making this switch. So think about it. As I'm demonstrating this, I've got my left hand out saying like that's that is saying what they want. So if you put your left hand out straight out and you've got your palm up facing the ceiling and you say, give them what they want. Okay, that's gonna reside in one of your palms. So your right palm, if you put that one out too, same way, that's gonna resolve, give them, you're gonna, excuse me, I'm saying these words, sell them what they want, okay? That's in your left hand, in your palm, sell them what they want, bring that to you, sell them what they want, but in your right hand, it's give them what they need, you're gonna push that out, okay? Sell them what they want, give them what they need. And what that means is, that truly you're understanding, you're hearing them, but we also get to deliver to them what they really need. And people pay you for being a strategic partner. That's where you can make a lot more money. So strategy is priced and valued much higher than mechanism, than tactic. So consultants, maybe, you know, consultants that make quite a bit of money, but tactical stuff is that becomes a commodity. So that's something like, build me a direct mail campaign in the case of designers, or it's something like oh, going to a gym and using a treadmill versus hiring a personal trainer. You're going to pay more for a personal trainer than you are to go to a gym. If I can buy something off the shelf at a company like Target, I'm going to pay less for that than I would for something that's handmade. So if I go, if I go to Target and buy a sweater, I expect to pay less then if I go on to a place like Etsy or any sort of custom boutique shop online where I know that somebody's hand making this item, I'm going to pay less for it at a boat at a, a Target than I would a boutique custom store. Because there's that takes a lot more creativity, that takes a lot more strategy. And so we in this world put a lot more value on strategy and strategic partnership than we do just on mechanism, that order taking. And so I'm inviting you into being that strategic partner because that's where the money is. That's where the, in my opinion, that's where the fun is, but that's where we can truly serve our clients. And so why do we talk about this in the world of emotional intelligence, for example? Why is this important? Because order taking is, is a really lower level form of interaction with people. But in order to be a strategic partner, we have to really use a higher level of emotional intelligence to interact with someone and really to be the interruption for them. What happens when a client comes to you and says that they really want something that you don't believe based on your experience is in their best interest? Are you willing to interrupt them? Are you willing to give your opinion? Because clients are going to pay more for that. I'll tell you as an executive advisor, that's my role, that with my clients, the reason that my clients say that they come back to me over and over again and why they continue to work with me is because in the world, the role that they're in, they oftentimes don't get a lot of feedback, especially feedback that is going to interrupt them, meaning that's going to stop them from what they're doing right now and, and maybe take them on a different course. So people are willing to give them feedback if, if the person believes that the feedback that they're going to deliver Will make that per, will make them feel good. It will make them. It'll validate them. But oftentimes, people are not willing to give other people feedback 
that potentially could irritate them or anger them or catch them off guard or could be perceived as anything less than status quo. Because imagine going into your superior's office, and I'm using that word only in the respect of your, like your bosses. Okay, let's use that word. You go into your boss's office and you say, hey, are you open to feedback? And your boss says, sure. And you say, my experience of what you're doing is not effective. My experience of how you're leading is ineffective. My experience of whatever it is that they're working on, that's ineffective. Most people won't do that because they risk being fired. They risk uh, ramifications for that. And so they don't do that. And so instead, they play it safe and are in an order-taking role. Now, I'm using the boss relationship there, but you can use the exact same thing from the client relationship. I don't want my client to fire me, so I'm just going to hear what they say and do exactly what they say. I'm not going to push back on my client. But in fact, if the client hired you to be a partner with them, then you're not honoring that role. Now, if your client hired you for them to say, this is what I want and do it, then and that's the, the relationship that you have, again, this show's not for you. This is just showing you what's possible because this, this is designed for people that really want to be a strategic partner. And a strategic partner means that you are bringing ideas to the table. It means that you are, when you see something that's not in your eyes, based on your experience, going to be effective, you get to share that feedback. You get to say that, hey, I see an alternative way. And that is what it means to truly be a partner. And so are you willing to be that? And if you're not, order taking is just fine. But in the strategic partner role, we interrupt. And that happens during the recommend phase. So first we listen, then we repeat back to our client what we're hearing. But in that third step, we recommend. And the recommend also often means that we are in an interruption space. We are saying to our clients, Based on what you want to do, I'm not thinking that the course of action that you've chosen is going to get you there the fastest. Now, we say this in a loving way. We say this nicely and kindly. And we know that from a humble perspective, we could be completely wrong. And it's okay because we're giving our experience of what we believe. Now, the fourth step is move. It's just move. It's quite frankly, move. Okay, you just committed action, make it happen, move. We've already decided what we're doing. We recommended it, we're moving. So that's when you tie all that together, you've got step one that's listening, step two that's repeating to our client, step three that's recommending, and step four, just make it happen, move. Oftentimes we get stuck after that. We get stuck after recommending and we don't actually move, we don't actually create. And that is a challenge <laughs> because you can recommend all you want, but if you don't have the results from it, then what does it matter? Now your client's mad because you didn't do what they asked you. You put a new recommendation together and that didn't happen. And so when you move from an order taker to a strategic partner, that moving step, that committed action, that still gets to happen. We're still gonna produce work as a strategic partner. That's still really important. But the work that you're gonna produce may not necessarily be the work that your client asked you for originally. Now, sometimes, and what I've seen, and I've done it myself, but I've seen it in, in my other clients, what we recommend, our client 
doesn't want. They say, no, 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 I hear you. But what I really want is whatever they originally said. And now you have a choice. Now you have a choice. Which one are you going to do? Are you going to do what your order, what your client said? Or are you going to do what you believe? Now, sometimes it works to do what, to do what you believe and not what your client said. But you're really playing a risky game here. You're saying, look, I'm going to put it all on the line because I believe this is what is right. And if it works, you'll be considered a hero. But if it fails, what's going to happen? Kind of scary. If you remember a, a commercial that Dove ran, they picked six, I think it was six women. And I got to meet some of these women. They're different body types, different colors of skin. And they decided to actually showcase what uh, they believed natural woman look like. Now, it wasn't Dove that came up with this. It was their advertising agency. And when Dove first heard about it, they said, I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is very different. I'm not sure how people are going to receive this because Dove was used to having um, very uh, one look for a, a client. And so in their ads, it was really like one look. And it was typically somebody that was a white female, very beautiful looking, thin. And so now we're saying we're going to break that mold. And so the advertising agency recommended this. and was actually somebody that was a junior designer. It wasn't the senior person on the account. The elite on the account did not recommend this. But it was recommended. And they ran the, they created all the copy. The client went with it. And Dove was said, okay. They were a little hesitant. The night before the ad was set to run, one of the lead ad people said to the person, the junior copywriter, if this fails, you're fired. If this fails, you're fired. Imagine that pressure. So, so we listened to the client, we repeated it to the client, we recommended and we moved. We did that, we did this whole process, but there was this pressure to say, if this doesn't work, you're fired. Well, guess what happened? It was a huge success. It's still talked about. It's been, it's been multiple years. Still a huge success. So obviously this person didn't get fired, but that pressure, this is the kind of pressure that we can put on it when we use this process. And if you're a leader, don't use that pressure because failure is okay. Failure can happen. And if you're the client, know that your client, is, if you're asking somebody to be a strategic partner with you, that, that failure can happen because the bigger that you play, the more risk of failure there is. And I've been in a lot of situations like that where I have to really choose, do we want to be bold and risky or do we want to be safe? Do you want to be bold and risky or do you want to be safe? And when you're playing at the strategic partner level, that's the conversation that you are weighing. Are we going to be bold and risky or are we going to be safe? Are we going to be bold and risky and we're going to be safe? So as the account lead with your client, so if you're in an account lead role, you're being a strategic partner with the client. You get to ask yourself, are we going to be bold or are we going to be safe, bold and risky or safe? Because as an order taker, we pick safe. But as a strategic partner, sometimes we choose bold and risky. We're going to go on a quick break. When we get back, we will dig deeper into this conversation. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. 
Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Today, we are talking all about are you an order taker? And our goal, if you're listening, you are not an order taker or you have been, but you're choosing not to be. You want to be a strategic partner. Now, I want to talk to you about what this looks like, because in my role as an executive advisor, I get to play as a strategic partner. So I do not play as an order taker. My clients know this from the beginning. They know that if they call me up and order take, it's not going to work because that's not why they hired me. And it can be comfortable to order take. It can say, Kathleen, will you do this or that? Or this is what I want to do. What do you think? But ultimately, what they're getting is my advising. And so that is a strategic partnership role. Now, let me give you an example of this. I have a client right now who we are preparing for their strategic, his strategic board retreat that is actually happening in about three months. So we are planning what this looks like. Now, currently, this is a very large board. There's 47 people on it. But over time, the goal is to have that be much smaller. So we're really at a pivotal point where this is this is really going to change fundamentally how this board operates, which will change the organization of the entire company. So my role is to work with the CEO to understand how we get to present this information. How do we get to talk to the team? How do we get to create the results that we want? And he says to me, well, what I'd really like is to take these 47 board members, pull them together and figure out how we're going to separate uh, them into different areas that fit with the, uh, the, the core areas of the company. And so we can understand from the board's perspective how we can move forward. So it's really setting the stage for strategic plan development. And that all made sense. And then he says, these are the key magic words and how you know if you're truly in a strategic partnership relationship. He says, so here's my plan on how I want to do that, but I really want to get your thoughts on this. And those, that piece right there, that's how you know you've talked to your client and you have developed a place where they are asking you for your thoughts. They're saying, I've gone down this process and I've come up with this and I'm presenting it to you knowing that we may have a couple other thoughts here, it may completely be different, but this is my initial thought. And so that's where it's really important to understand the relationship that you have with your client. For you, that's that may be what you have, but it's what we want to get to. We want the client to say, here are my thoughts, and I want to hear from you. Because what they're really saying is, hey, I'm giving you an open introduction to be able to interrupt me on these thoughts. Perhaps this isn't the path that we go. 
And here's the thing that when I'm working with clients from a strategic partnership level, so we're not in an order taking space, what I do is always drive them back to intention. Okay, intention is, I also use the word vision a lot, but in intention, those can be used interchangeably, but it's back to saying, why are we doing this? What really is the most important? And what, what we figured out for this strategic retreat, when we walk out of there, what we want to know is what is really important, what gets to happen, what's really important for the next five years? What is the most important thing? And so that way, in every single board meeting, every single uh, every meeting going forward, we can say this is what we decided was most important. And now we're holding it against that metric. Now, one of the coolest things that I have watched was the turnaround of Southwest. I'm not talking about what's just happening with Southwest. I'm talking about like 10 years ago when Southwest was turned around. And so Southwest was this like dying airline. It was really uh, maybe even like 15 years ago. I don't know the exact date on it, but it was it was like a it was really, really struggling. And their CEO came in. They were very clear about who they were and what they were up to. And he made it so clear that even a stewardess or a steward, a flight attendant, a pilot, anybody, they were empowered to be the extension of the company to their clients, which was the, the people that flew. Because they were so crystal clear on this, the flight attendants could create experiences in the air that align with their vision. The people hauling bags on the, the cargo floor knew how to create experiences that aligned with their corporate vision. So anybody in that company knew the janitors could make create experiences that aligned with the corporate vision. So they could answer questions. If they had questions, they didn't have to go to the CEO. They didn't have to go to the second in command or the third in command. They didn't have to go to any of those people. They could just answer the questions themselves. How this looked was there was a flight attendant in the air and there was a, a mom on a plane and she said, it's my child's birthday. Do you mind if we sing happy birthday on the plane? And the flight attendant knew that the corporate vision was about putting the customers first and really satisfying them and creating experiences that made them excited to be a part of this company, this airline. And they knew that it was family friendly. That was one of their core values. And so because it's family friendly, again, this is Southwest from 15 years ago, because Southwest was family friendly, the flight attendant could say, yes, of course we can sing happy birthday. And so they got on the, the microphone and everybody sang happy birthday to this child. And it was a really cool thing with lots of PR around it. People thought it was great and it aligned with the values. Now, fast forward, I just flew on an Allegiant flight. I call it a lawn chair party in the air, but I was going from where I live to Vegas. There's only one direct flight. And what was most important to me at the time was that when I returned, so I went both to Vegas and back on Allegiant, but when I returned, I had a middle school band concert that I did not want to miss. And Allegiant happened to have the earliest flight out in the day, earlier than any other airlines, and they had the only direct flight, which means I wouldn't have to worry about a connection. So I was willing to sacrifice some comfort for the thought that the timeliness of getting back on time would happen. So I flew on Allegiant. It was fine. It truly was like a lawn chair party in the air. And this is what I'd heard. This is how I 
think of of the airline I get on the plane, and literally there is music playing from the 80s. Now, I love 80s music, so that was really fun. But what I found so fascinating was that other people were dancing. I look around. It's all these people going out to Vegas for fun. Lawn chair party in the air. I mean, truly, that is what it was. These chairs were not fancy. These chairs were not... Gosh, fancy doesn't even describe them. Like there wasn't very little padding. It truly, I think that my wicker arm lawn chair may may have more padding. But either way, there are no electronics. There's no, there's uh, nothing's provided for you. You even have to pay for your snacks or your water, which is fine because the airfare was super cheap. I mean, we're talking like $100 to get to Vegas and back. I mean, it was crazy cheap when all the other airlines are paying, charging $600, $700, $800 a ticket. So cool. I got on my lawn chair party. I got there and I got back and I got to the middle school band concert. I mean, this was great. And so what can we learn from this is that we get to be crystal clear about what it is that we are up to. Now, my client, let's fast forward or rewind in this case, back to the relationship with my client who's hosting this this strategic planning meeting. And we realized we're not as clear as Southwest Airlines. We don't really understand what our intention is. We get to be crystal clear about that so that every single board meeting or experience that's had with an employee, with any audience client of my client, they know what it is that we stand for. And so in this strategic planning retreat, that's what we get to create. And so as my client is presenting what he believes that he gets to lead in this meeting, what this gets to look like, and then he says to me the magic words, and I'm open to your thoughts on this, I got to then recommend, step number three, recommend that we really get to focus on intention. What is it that's most important who are we and what do we stand for? Like, what's our intention? Why are we here? Because once we know that, then we can carry that forward. And we can always come back to intention. Every decision is grounded in intention. So do we want to sing happy birthday on a flight? Sure, because it's based on our intention. But guess what? If you're flying on, let's just say, uh, Delta Airlines. Now, Delta has a very different target audience. Would they sing happy birthday to a child on the plane? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It depends on which flight it is, which flight attendant you get, but it's not crystal clear. So what do I expect from Delta? Based on where we are now, I may or may not. I, I love Delta, by the way. I'm going to say this right now. I love Delta. And I know that if I fly Delta, I may or may not get on time. I may not get to my destination on time. That used to not be the case, but right now that's the case. It's why I chose Allegiant over Delta. And so as customers, we're making these decisions based on what we know. But when airlines are crystal clear about what they're about, you know, Allegiant Airlines picks their destination so they can have the most direct flights because they know somebody like me, if direct is the answer, they don't want a connection because they just want to get to where they're going. So it's timeliness that's really important. I'm flying to Nashville here this weekend, taking my son with me. We're going to Nashville. I'm going to a conference. He's going to play. It's going to be great. But guess what? I ran into another challenge. Allegiance flying direct to Nashville. And I thought, oh, I mean, I know it's not as comfortable, 
but it's literally an hour flight. Now, Allegiant doesn't have first class. Allegiant doesn't have some of these perks that I really enjoy. Allegiant really has a seat on a plane to get me to my destination. But in this case, I said, well, it's an hour. It's going to get me there. It's going to get me home. Their on-time rate is pretty high. And I've got a solid seat. So what am I going to do? Guess what I did? I bought tickets on the lawn chair party. Now, here's the thing. Allegiant, I don't think they fly many international flights. But if I was going to Jamaica or Europe, would I fly Allegiant? If they flew there, they don't. I don't think they do. But if they did, would I fly? No, because it's not comfortable. I would rather have a, a nicer experience. I'm willing to give myself more time in my schedule because I appreciate the comfort that they provide. So that's what I'm going to pick because they're clear on what they provide. So as a strategic partner, let's wrap this back into the point of the show. As a strategic partner, it's really important to ask your clients these questions and to interrupt what you see as not working. So when you see, let's say you had a client like Allegiant, and all of a sudden they start making decisions based on comfort. Comfort is not is not a core value of Allegiant. Fun is, short distances is, getting you there is, but bare bones is how Allegiant runs. You pay extra for everything. So comfort for free, if they start saying, wouldn't it be great if we piped in the smell of chocolate chip cookies on our plane? I mean, that would be nice, but that is not a core value for Allegiant because it wouldn't fit into their mentality. Quite frankly, as long as it doesn't smell like dirty diapers when I get on, it doesn't matter. Just have it smell fine. I mean, don't have it smell offensive, but have it smell fine. Now, if I got on to Delta or there used to be an airlines that did, they, they made chocolate chip cookies out of the oven. It was great. Smells like chocolate chip cookies as soon as you'd get on board. And then they'd actually give you fresh baked, warm chocolate chip cookies. Loved that airline. They went out of business. I mean, that's, that's, that's the truth. They were so confused about who they were. So this is a real problem in business. Totally true. And when we play at the strategic partnership level, we get to understand and bring our clients back to intention all the time saying, this is who we are. This is who we said we are. Now let's move forward and make decisions from that place. Really powerful place to play. Okay, we are going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we will wrap all of this up. You're listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about, are you an order taker? So order takers are the people that hear what the client says and says, okay, thank you, we'll have that done at this point. And this is how much it'll cost. And that's fine, but that is not a strategic partnership. And you can make a lot more money as a strategic partner, meaning that you are guiding them. You hear the client's vision, you hear their intention, and you're going to hold them to that. You're always going to bring them back to that intention. And that when they make decisions that maybe aren't aligned with that intention, you're going to interrupt it. 
That's the role of the strategic partner. And it's the role that you get to support your clients in being. Now, if you have a relationship with a client right now that's an order taker, you can ask them and invite them into an order taking relationship, but don't just assume that they want to go into a strategic partnership. We talked about why as an order taker, it, that's a commodity. So if you want to run that way, that's fine, but it's a commodity based thing, which means that as soon as somebody does it cheaper, does what you do cheaper, your clients are going to look that way. But as a strategic partner, you're going to meet them in a totally different way. When they open up and they share with you really where they're headed and what their concerns and their challenges are, that's a solid relationship where a lot of other people aren't going to rock that. It's harder to get a new strategic partner than it is to get a new order taker. So you want to be a strategic partner with your clients. Now, one of the, there's four steps that we talked through today. And those four steps, when you want to be a strategic partner, is to first listen and really understand what it is that your client is saying that they want. And then second is to repeat that to the client because we're always going to sell them what they want and give them what they need. That's not said from a manipulative perspective. It's not manipulative. It's selling them what they want, meaning you hear them, but you want to give them what they need. And in step three of the process, when we move into the recommendation, that's when we're actually going into the give them from, from the sell them what they want to give them what they need. Okay, we're recommending and saying, based on your experience, your knowledge, you want to actually say, this is what I would recommend. And if your client says, okay, we move forward, that's step four, move, <laughs> committed action, doing it. Because in order taking, absolutely, you're going to be in committed action. But in, in strategic partnership, we still are moving. We still are creating. It's just that we have some steps before that in understanding that what the client wants is, is truly what they want. And that's an important step that as a strategic partner, when you understand what it is that your client needs and wants, that there might be a difference there, then you can truly serve your client. And that's when clients are really willing to pay you more money because you're willing to support them at a different level. And there's just not as many people willing to do that. So very cool offering that you can utilize for your own business. Next week, we are going to talk about how to use emotional intelligence to increase your profitability. Now, we've talked about this a lot. It's weaved into today's conversation, but we're going to talk about it very specifically. Why is emotional intelligence important to add into the conversation? I read a statistic that said for every level of emotional intelligence that somebody has, like every additional level up that they go, it's on average a pay difference of $1,431. That's an employee's pay difference. So that directly translates into what you can charge your clients. Because when you have a higher level of emotional intelligence, you actually are having deeper conversations with your clients. It means that you can uncover bigger challenges with your clients. And when you have bigger challenges, you can create bigger solutions. And what that means is you are working at a deeper level with your client. And now budgets unfold because you can support them in a bigger way. Your client can grow, you can grow. And so it's a win-win. And that's really what we're looking for when we talk about emotional intelligence. How can you use that to increase your profitability at your company? Absolutely possible. I have done it. My clients have done it. And you get to do it too. So that is next week's conversation. Now, for this week's topic on how to be a strategic partner, I know we call them, are you an order taker? But I think we're way past that because we've said, no, we aren't order takers. We want to be strategic partners. And so your homework for this week is to look at where you have opportunities to be in that recommendation 
phase. So perhaps you've been in the, the one phase, the listening, perhaps you've been in the step two, which is that whole repeating it back to the client, but we're really focusing on step three, which is the recommendation. And so where are you recommending things to your client or maybe not recommending things to your client? Where are you getting tripped up? Where are you letting the client set the pace versus guiding your client? If this is stuff that you wanna talk deeper on, you have questions on it, please reach out to me. My email is Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. I'm happy to provide any sort of thoughts or guidance or suggestions that I can provide that may support you in all of these concepts that we've talked about in the show. It doesn't have to be theory. It's not really theory. It's things that you can actually take and apply in a conversation with your client today. So you can hear about it and then work on it. And so that's what I'm asking of you. Understand where you are pushing forward with your client, interrupting your client, and where you're letting your client do that to you. So are you somebody that's selling your client what they, what they want and giving them what they need? Or are you just doing exactly what they want all the time? But maybe you're like me and, and years ago when I gave my client what they said they wanted and it wasn't what they needed. Perhaps you've had that experience because I've had that one and that is not fun, not fun at all. And there are ways around that. But it's really about how we communicate with our client and how we're in partnership with our client. The goal is strategic partnership. Not order taking. No more order taking. Unless you want to go work at McDonald's or a fast food restaurant. And in that case, have fun. But if you want to be a strategic partner, these are some of the steps that you can follow. So I come live every single Monday. If you have ideas on show topics, let me know. I'm happy to listen and hear what you have to say. Hey, guess what? We could follow this whole process. I could repeat to you what I hear. I could recommend ideas based on what you say and we can move forward. How cool is that? It works in all situations. But really let me know if you have any suggestions or you've got thoughts on this show or any of the other shows that we have created up till now. There are plenty to listen to. So thank you so much for listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We have all kinds of shows coming up that are very, very exciting. And even actually last week, we just did one on how to be creative. So that's one, it was a really great one to understand some science behind this. If you're really understanding how does emotional intelligence really work and how can we use this to be more creative? That is a powerful show to watch as well. So we've got all kinds of content. Remember, reach out to me if you have any questions, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. And hey, maybe you want to be a show host too, and you've got a message to share. If that's the case, let me know about that as well. I'll hook you up. Thank you so much for listening to the Kathleen Reason Show. I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.